My name's Leanne, and um, I just want to thank you, obviously, for uh, asking me to do this. I'm pretty excited. Um, I'm married, coming up to 34 years with my uh, childhood sweetheart. Um, we have three, three adult children, two grandbabies, and one on the way, so I'll have three. I'm self-employed. I work from home. Um, basically, I support business owners, coaches, and entrepreneurs doing um things for their business just to help them move their business forward. Awesome. That's great. So how do you get into running then? Because living up in Canada, at least for me, being living, living in the desert, like my idea of running is like, oh, it's warm and sunny. But I, I guess at this time of year, it's pretty cold and dreary up there, right? It is. And to be honest, this is why I got out. I'm getting out still, but I'm starting to think maybe I'm not an all-season runner anymore. I'm, we'll see how the winter uh, plays out. But um, no, I, I actually started late in life. I was almost 30 when I started running and um, I started running by walking. So my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer and passed away when I was 29. And I had an opportunity to walk for breast cancer to raise money. And so that was a two day event, 60K, which seemed absolutely insane. And I just couldn't even fathom doing it. And um but I jumped in immediately and that should have been a tell for me that I was uh, destined for some, uh, you know, uh, unexpected things. If it was hard, I wanted to jump in and do it. So that's how I started. I started doing walks and long walks and then eventually I got bored of walking and I started running. So I would run literally light post to light post and then it would be one block to another block. And then um, I started looking for I was a road runner. Obviously, I think most people start that way, depending on where you are, but that's how I started. And um, yeah, then I got this crazy idea. It was funny. I wasn't even a trail runner when I signed up for Grand to Grand uh, in 2016. So I was just starting to explore it. And I realized I had to start training in the trails. That's how I got started. Well, you went all in. It seems like most people maybe do like a half marathon or even a 50K for a trail race yeah well I was start I, I was starting to run but it was in it was 2013 was my first marathon and then I had a couple of injuries and a couple of setbacks and then in 2015 it was this time it was December 2015 when I I think I saw something on Facebook or something caught my attention and it was grand to grand and I was like wow, like that seems insane to me. And my motivation for wanting to do something that terrified me, but excited me at the same time was I saw it as an opportunity. I was working with um, uh, just youth. I've always had a heart for young people. And um, I was raised by a single mom and I wanted to do something that somehow I could tell young people that if you, they could do anything. So if you put your mind to it, if you committed to something, if you set a plan, if you followed through on it, they, they could do something. And then I saw this grand to grand and I thought, what a thing to do if I can do this, which is completely outside of my comfort zone and experience and knowledge and everything, then that would be an example to them that they could do anything. And so that's how I came up upon it. And I heard um, Ray Zahab speaking at a running room event and he was coaching and I asked if I could have coffee and I hired him as my first running coach and he got me to the finish line in 2016. That's awesome. And I guess now we're in 2023, almost 2024, which I guess by the time this is released, it'll be 24, but you've done um, Grand to Grand four times now, right? Or three times? Yeah. Four times? Yeah. Four times. Yeah. Four times. 2023 completed four times. And um, yeah, I'm not winning 
I'm not getting the podium. I am chasing cutoffs, you know, to get to the end, but I am proud to kind of say that like I'm a finisher. It's I, from day one, even in 2016, when I sign up, I make a commitment to myself that I'm all in and nothing's taking me off that course unless the doctor physically I can't do it and the doctor kicks me out, then I'm done. Or um, if I miss a cutoff, because those things are out of my control. If I've done everything else, then I have to listen to what they say. So, um, so far, knock on wood, it's been, uh, I've, I've made it. It's been close. This year was close on day one. We almost missed a cutoff, but we did it. Nice. That's awesome. So let's yeah. talk a little bit more about that, because I, I think it's really important for us to, to challenge ourselves. And a lot of times in ways, in, in by doing things that are kind of unfamiliar to us, like, you know, like for you, you got into running. Now you've done grand to grand quite a few times. So like, it's still a challenge because any way you cut, cut the race, it's still six days of, or seven days of running. It's a hard process. So like, oh, for sure. why, why do you think it's important to challenge yourself and even challenge yourself with the same thing? Maybe a few times. Um, well, cause I think we, well, if you don't challenge yourself, you have no idea what you're capable of. And so I think, you know, for grand to grand, even though I've done it four times now, each race was different and I was different. So I was coming in it from different experiences. Um, this year I moved. And so I was coming at my training completely different than I was used to. Um, I think that when we challenge ourselves to do something, each time I sign up, it's kind of for a different reason as well. And um, it could be a personal challenge for me, or it might be a challenge for someone else that I want to show them anything's possible or fundraising. Uh, this year, the challenge was being part of a team that was incredibly difficult because of the emotional aspect you're trying to it's one thing to look after yourself emotionally and physically and all the demands that are there it's another thing to work with a team because you had to come in and out of checkpoints and so that challenge was you know really truly what it's like to care for somebody else or to have them care for you to consider somebody else you had to get them to that checkpoint um, and hopefully to the finish line so and then when you lost a team member who didn't make it there was the emotion of what that felt like and going through that. So I think challenging yourself, there's always new limits. And, you know, I want to continue to find ways uh, for me personally to see what I'm capable of because it's so much mental. I mean, the physical aspects there, you have to train, you have to be prepared. Um, but the mental aspect, that's where so many people come into this and mentally they quit. Yeah, it's a very good point. It seems like just from my observations anyways, a lot of people just kind of get maybe they're in pain and they're a little frustrated or tired or something and they throw in the towel versus maybe just sitting down for a minute. Because a lot of times these people have maybe three, four, five hours until cutoff, but they're just like, I'm done. Yeah. But I've experienced this in races before where I'm having a really bad day and I just, I sit there for a second, I drink some water, kind of collect my thoughts and, and everything. And then it's like, okay, like this actually isn't that bad. And like, how cool is it that I'm out here in this beautiful place right now? And from that point yeah. forward, it's like you can kind of just keep moving and doing like these hard things that are challenging. Yeah. And and I think never quit at night in that dark place, right? If you're going to quit or at least like you said, you know, you, there's time to make it to the checkpoint. So get to the checkpoint and then get out again. And if you don't make the next checkpoint or you make it to camp, wait until the morning and then decide if you're going to continue. Don't quit at night. You know, like I think because you it's amazing if you have just a a break, just mentally a break, physically a break, time to just 
kind of not be in the intensity of that moment of wanting to quit. And it's amazing how many people will get back to the start line if they can do that. Just don't quit at night, you know? Yeah, definitely. And like, I just thinking of that, just a quick story. Like, Years ago, I was running a race in Utah that was a timed event. It was a 12-hour race, and it was just repeats up this mountain. So it was like a six-and-a-half-mile trail just up and down for 12 hours. And I did, I think it was five laps I was on. I had like an hour and a half until the finish, like the cutoff time. And I was like, oh, I'm done. And I was just ready to call it quick. So I'm like, oh, I can't do another lap. Like, there's no point. And my girlfriend was just like, she wouldn't, she wouldn't let me say no or quit. And she kind of just like brought me to the aid station, shoved a bunch of food in my mouth and pushed me out and just made me go. <laughs> At the time, I was oh, yeah. kind of like, oh, what a jerk. I'm so mad at you right now. But then I ran my fastest lap of the day, and I came in just under the 12 hours. And so in my head, I didn't think it was even possible to do that. But just because she gave me that little bit of a push, and then I challenged myself from there on, like, thankfully, like she was there and did that for me. And then I was, had a great day, and like I was really excited about that. But I think a lot of times we kind of sell ourselves short, and like, oh, I'm done. I can't go anymore or just whatever. But like really, we have a lot of potential that's probably just untapped. Oh, absolutely. And I think you're, you're, this was your girlfriend, but that's how important the volunteers and the aid stations are in an event like this, right? Like I can remember, I think it was 2019 and 2019, I think was my worst year ever. And um, I was sick. I was, I was, I think I had a heat exhaustion. I was throwing up. I couldn't keep food or water down after it was brutal. And I remember coming to, um, I think it's checkpoint four when you come when you're down by the slots or you're coming back up the top and then you hit the dirt roads after heading into mm -hmm. camp. So anyways, I, I remember getting there and Bill um, was at that checkpoint and he looked at me and everything on my face, he just looked at me and he said, what do you need? Do you need a hug or do you need a kick in the ass? I said, <laughs> I need a kick in the ass because I knew if he hugged me, I was completely broken and I was done. Like I was, I was done and I was going to call it. But if he just, filled up my water bottles, kicked me out that I would make it into the last checkpoint. And so I needed him to do that. And that's what he did. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it seems like we all have different things that motivate us because like maybe for you that worked, maybe like for somebody else, like the opposite would the have hug. been. Yeah. yeah. And so it's really interesting. But I guess along those same lines too, like we're all inspired and motivated by different things. Like yeah. for somebody it could be like, well, like you were saying earlier, it's like because of your mom, you started doing these things and that was your inspiration. Yeah. Maybe for someone else running grand to grand, like, I don't know, their kids inspire them or whatever reason they have. Like, maybe they just want to prove to themselves that they can do it. Then I guess also along that other line, too, is that we're all inspired to do different things based off of just, like, what we're motivated for in those moments. Like, maybe someone's inspired to, say, I don't know, like, increase their deadlift or their squat at the gym or even just go for a mile walk. Like, that could be, like, the yeah. thing that's motivating them. So I think we have all these different things that inspire us. And it's it's interesting, I guess, that like somebody could sign up for Grand to Grand and like that's their like thing to get them in shape and ready. But maybe for someone else, it's I don't I don't even know what it could be. It could just be anything, really. It's, it's interesting. Well, fundraising. It could be anything, yeah. right? There's we have people that come in and they're fundraising and it's it's life and death for some people. So yeah, I think the inspiration part for themselves, um, grand to grand, my gosh, there could be people and you know, it's interesting because um I think you do have to have a why, right? Because that's part of the mental game. So why are you doing that and use it as leverage? So if you want to be like you said, maybe it's a, um, 
you know, it's an event where they're going to get in the best shape of their lives before they show up. And that's the motivating thing because of the training and everything that's involved. It's a good leverage in their life to sort of say, I'm going to do this um, and or fundraising. Um, but the inspiration, I think people, the people that you meet, it's absolutely insane. I remember 2016, 2016, because it was my first, it probably has um, all the feels like the biggest um uh, it was just such an incredible experience because I had nothing to compare it to. And I didn't, I didn't know anybody. I was showing up. That's a big deal to travel by yourself, to show up at an event like this with very little experience. And you're thrown into these tents with people that you don't know. And um, I happened to be in the tent with another Canadian woman, but the other five guys were, um, we didn't know anybody uh, language. I think the couple were from France. Somebody was from New York, um, but they day one, you don't really know anybody. You're kind of being polite. You're a little uncomfortable. Day two, you're, you're getting changed. You're, you're doing all these things and they become like your brothers. It's just incredible, but you're laying there and each person is suffering, if you will, whether it be mentally, physically, you know, going through it and you're having conversations and who they are, like what they do doesn't matter because we're all we're all from different walks of life and from different jobs and titles and everything but we're all doing the same thing which was to me so inspiring to hear the different stories that people have and that they're mostly ordinary people like there's elites i haven't been in the tents with the elites um but there's elites obviously that are there and that's a whole different game and and I can't even imagine what that's like um, mentally for them. But for the average person, which I think a, a grand to grand attracts a lot of people, the, the cutoffs are quite generous. Um, they, um, It's just such an incredible achievement to be able to show up. You know, just getting there, showing up and feeling ready is such a huge, huge inspiration to anybody that's in like, so for my life, my, uh, part of it was I wanted my kids to see their mom do something really hard as well. And they were my, I don't know if you can, this is uh, 2016. So my husband had this put together and they were by far, they flew in to see me at the finish line. Like they were so inspired. And for me, that was like the biggest gift was to have my kids proud of their mom to, you know, to be able to do something like that. So I think other people, you're going to inspire people when you say you're doing something like this, because it's crazy, it's insane, but it's doable. Like, I truly believe anybody can do it. They just have to make a commitment and train for it and, you know, do the work. But I think anybody has the capacity to do it. And that's inspiring. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree with that. I think a lot of times we we sell ourselves short and a lot of times it's just in our heads. It's like, oh, I yeah. can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do that. But in reality, it's like once you're in that situation and you just put your mind to it, you can do it. Yeah. And But I think in society, we're kind of taught to, I don't know how to phrase this exactly, but like to be afraid of failure because it's like failure is looked down upon. Like, oh, you started a business and didn't succeed or you tried out for the soccer team and, and didn't get on or something. And it's like, that's almost like a shameful thing. But in reality, it's like, like a friend of mine says, it's a stepping stone to success. Like it's just part Absolutely. of the process of, of like, just, I don't know, getting better at anything. Like, like no one's perfect as something they do for the first time, right? Like, like if you're going to run a, not that we, neither of us could do this, but run a two hour marathon, like if you're going to run a two hour marathon, it's like, 
you gotta take a step first. You can't just like get up off the couch and run into our marathon. Granted, like oh, only one person's yeah. ever done that, but <laughs> you get my point, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's resiliency. I think that yeah. that's what you know. That's the other thing I would say with Grand to Grand too is anybody I think who finishes that, um, I think it it just you can you can like anything else that hits you in life. You're like you know what I got this. I can do this, even if it's hard or if it's it builds that that faith in yourself, the belief in yourself that you can do hard things. Like it's, you know, it is possible and that'll be anything else that happens in your life afterwards because you did something so hard, you know? And I really do think resiliency is um, in life. We've catered, especially, you know, over the, the last number of years, even decade, um, where we, there's participation badges and all of these things. And it's like, no, you know what? People need to learn to win and fail. Um, there's team sports and everything else, but I think it allows you to, to learn, to take those as lessons. What can I, what can I do different? That's going to help me have a different outcome. How can I, you know, manage this? And I think that's why, um, you know, some of the people who didn't complete grand or grand, come back because they have something to like my teammate this year, Frankie, um, he didn't complete it his first time. And he came back. This was it's actually Tracy. Tracy was another comeback um, who came back and they nailed, like they killed it this year because they were more prepared. They were determined. They learned what did I do last time? What can I do better this time? And I think that the, that'll serve them so well because they, didn't just say, oh, it's not for me. I couldn't do it. They were like, no, I'm going to do it. What do I have to do to make it happen? And they came back and they killed it. Yeah, that is really interesting and, and cool to see because I think it's it's hard to come back once you've not accomplished something and to almost kind of like maybe swallow your pride a little bit and come yep. back and be like, okay, now I'm going to do this and motivate yourself. Yep. So, like, so I guess why do you think it's important to do something without a guaranteed outcome? Because you can go do like, you can go do a 5K all day, right? Like or all day, whatever you could do it like yeah, yeah, a five yeah, k yeah. every weekend, and everybody that, that runs a little bit can finish a five k. But like, and I'm not saying five k's are easy if you run them hard or run of them course, whatever. Yeah. But like, grand to grand is something where it's like you're running multiple days in a row, and there's so many variables as far as like the conditions and like just sleeping, eating, all these different things. And so it's like, yeah, it is doable, but it's not a guaranteed thing. That it's not a guaranteed finish. Oh, absolutely. So what, why is it important to do things like that? Um, well, I think because there's always lessons, like the experience itself is something that I don't think, I don't think we should ever allow ourselves to be robbed of the um, lessons that we can learn in everything that we go through. And so I think, um, especially grand to grand or something like, like multi-day stage racing, um, because there's, you could do everything right absolutely everything and not finish just because of like for myself, if I had that, if I didn't finish because of the heat, like I did not think I was going to fit. I crawled, I was crawling one point and Chris who happened, I happened to be walking with that year. I think it was 2019. Um, he literally came back because I wasn't behind him anymore. And he picked me up because I was crawling, trying to finish. And he said, hang on to my waist and just look at my feet and follow my feet. That's all you need to do. And he did that for until I could start walking again on my own until I got past that moment. Um, and so I think that 
when there's no guarantee that experience for me to see somebody else show me that kind of care to help me. Like it was just, um, I don't know, like I, even if I didn't make it, the fact that he did that for me or, um, often anybody, when you meet them on the trail and you're going through this experience together, you have conversations with people and you, you don't know if it's what you're saying in that moment, that's going to help them get through it. And so, um, I don't know. I just think we have to take a chance because the reward of the experience is worth it. And so regardless, I just think that we can learn so much about ourselves and about other people when we try. Yeah, I would a hundred percent agree with that. And I do find it interesting how once you're kind of out and like stripped away from like society and these like norms that we have, like once you're out there running, it's like you're with however many people signed up that year and like everything goes out the window. Like it doesn't matter how much money that person makes or the kind of accolades they've had in the past or whatever. It's like, everyone's living in the same moment and in that same environment and nothing else really matters. It's all about getting to the finish. And I think we kind of, I don't know how to phrase it properly, but kind of like have this like tribal thing of like humans come together and like, maybe you didn't know like whoever before the start of the race, or maybe you just met them that day, but they're going to do everything they can to help you get to the finish because it's like human nature to help, help all of us succeed. And like, some people might say like, Oh, humans are selfish, but I would counter that with like, you ever been to like a, a stage race or an ultra before where people will literally like, quote unquote ruin their race to help and see someone else finish, which I find really inspiring. Yeah. Well, um, an example of that, there's a couple of examples of people at Grand to Grand because you see them come up and, and that's what they do. But the one from this past year, 2023 was when Patricia or Pat um, actually I can't remember. She didn't like to be called one of them. And now I can't remember which one. So (laughs) she'll probably send me a message. But anyways, I'm going to go with Patricia Um, and um, Angela. Best friends showed up and Patricia, um, did she win? Or was she second place? She was second place. She came in second second place place at the end. But she was leader all throughout the race and Angela came in last and I had the opportunity to to, uh, walk with Angela a few times. Um, But Patricia went out to meet Angela. Um, like she went out after like out of camp to go out and meet her and to help bring her in because she was out there for so long that night. And that's the kind of thing where you're like people, you know, get up from out of their tents and they're limping and they got to get up off the ground to go and cheer on people as they come in, because that's what we want is to see everybody come in. And it's such a like camp life is just everybody. Like when you hear that somebody dropped out during the day, it's like, you're like, Oh, you really wanted them to finish, you know? Um, So I agree. Like, I think there's something incredible that we get to see in the human spirit when we're all there doing the same thing. And we want everybody to have the same end result, like to finish. It's heartbreaking. There was one guy I knew, two of them actually, I knew they were dropping at one of the checkpoints and I didn't speak the language at all. And he was crying and I was so moved and all I could do was say, I'm so sorry, and give him a hug. And I don't know if he understood. I don't know. But my heart was broken for him because he was broken because he was making a decision that he wasn't going to finish, that he was stopping at that checkpoint. And you're just like, you know, even the language we knew. He, he was like, you know, thank you. And I was, but we didn't speak each other's language. So it was just incredible, you know? Yeah. And that is an interesting thing about, I guess, like body language, if you want to call it that. I think there's so many things that, that we do as, as, pe- as people like humankind that like, they're just universal, like a smile or 
like a handshake, all these things that we can do, or even just how you look at somebody with your eyes, like that can really reflect a lot. And I've been to, I've been fortunate to go to a lot of places around the world and, and like spend time with people and we don't speak the same language or very, very crudely speak the same language, but we're still, still able to communicate whether it's through gestures or just like just looking at each other and things. And it's really interesting how we're able to do that. So I'm, yeah. I bet that he knew exactly what, or what you meant. Oh, I'm sure it said it in his eyes and I could see in his eyes, just how broken he was, you know? So, um, but yeah, I think that, yeah. And again, it comes down to that experience. If I, even if I didn't finish all those experiences impacted me. Yeah. And I guess thinking too, like, as you're speaking about Patricia or, or Pat or Pat. <laughs> I'm not sure. Sorry, I know, Patricia. I, to, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she'll understand. She was great. She was. But it was interesting, yeah, like, was. Uh, spending time with her and her husband throughout the week because they're more, as far as I understand, more of like a CrossFit um, type family. Totally. Like, they're really into CrossFit and they're both very, very strong. But then to see them come out and like really dedicate a lot of time to running grand to grand, whereas that was probably something out of their comfort zone. Whereas the guy that won and the, uh, her name is Nicola. She's from, Sorry, yeah, I, I forgot where she's from. I thought, she, I thought she had recently moved to Colorado, maybe. Okay. I think. It seems like her and, um, and Benjamin, I think the guy that won, um, they're, they're, they're strong runners for sure. Like that's what they do and they're good at it. And so maybe this was kind of like, quote unquote, a, a normal day or a typical kind of week for them. Whereas for Brent and Patricia, it was like they just went out there just something out of their comfort zone, whereas they might not have even thought they could finish, but they went out there and did it. And I, I found that really inspiring where like, you can do something that maybe isn't in your wheelhouse necessarily, but they did really well at it because they were focused and dedicated. And I, I find that inspiring as well. Absolutely. Because they had no idea the outcome. When you're talking about doing something yeah. and not knowing the outcome, they had no nothing to to um, gauge that against. Like they had no, you know, so I think I, I'm sure she was as surprised uh, coming in as a leader the first day. And, you know, um, but then taking it and saying, okay, how far can I go with this? You know? So yeah, yeah truly inspiring. Yeah. That was really cool. They're, they're a really fun couple to hang out with during the week and just, just really good people. And like, I'm going to get off on a little tangent here, but I think that's one of the coolest parts about Grand to Grand is just meeting people. And just For meeting sure. people from all over the world, different walks of life and you all come together and like everyone's dirty and smelly and yet everyone's having oh. a great time. Even if they are in a little bit of pain, everyone's still having a really yeah. good time out in the desert. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they, they become, um, these crazy people that uh, they, they get you like you're, you're, you know, you're the people, you don't have to explain what you're doing. Cause they're just like, Oh yeah, I get you. You're doing that crazy thing, <laughs> you know? Cause I mean, social media, it helps. Cause, and then you have more people cause you know, especially being here this year, um, well, the last two years that I've lived just outside of Calgary, um, I don't know anybody. You know, I don't have anybody, I don't have any training partners. I don't have anybody that I'm connected with that, um, that understands ultra running or, or anything like that. So if it wasn't for the online community, I would really be isolated. And so, um, yeah, I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful for the people that I've met and that we are, you know, still see they're, they're still inspiring me um, with the things that they go on to do. Cause a lot of times grand to grand is, you know, you had, uh, it, if people have not already gone back and listened to the previous podcast, like I've listened to almost all of them um, and I will listen to the rest, but they're so inspiring. The people that um, have been sharing. And I think that um, there was one guy, I think he's one of the most recent, but he's from BC yeah, um, and he did it. He did it in the stuff that he's doing now. 
Um, and I don't know when he did it and where it was in his running, but I think it was fairly early on in his ultra running um, time, but very inspiring. And he just obviously fell in love with it. And that's his thing. Yeah, definitely. And he's a, he's a really good guy. And actually, so it's Jeff Peltier, um, okay. he has a YouTube channel and stuff. And it's a super good guy. And like, I actually met him at Grand to Grand and we kept in touch and I've, I've seen him at various events and all over, all over the place. And, um, he ran Moab 240 this year and did really well. And that was fun. I was out there with him too. And like, that was super fun to spend time with him a little bit because he was running time with yeah. his girlfriend. You get to know them and they were just, just really good people. And it's, it's cool to like meet these people at, at a race. And you might think like, oh, running is just so like, it's not important. And that maybe in itself it's not, but the, the, what you get out of it is awesome. Like these yeah. friendships and these relationships and the community that comes from it is just incredible. And whether you're seeing them in person or online, like you're saying, it's great to have that kind of like support network around you. Yeah. Well, and I think it's their character too. When you see people in these, the, the best way you're raw, like you're, you're just raw. Like you don't have the ability to be superficial <laughs> to be, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? So you are meeting people at their most vulnerable um, and they're like the highlights and the, the lows in, in every aspect of their day and, and throughout that week. And you, I feel like you see people, nobody's trying to be somebody they're not, you know, everybody is just, this is who they are. So their character shines. And so I think that's what's attractive when you meet them or you have the opportunity to see them outside. There's lots of grand to grand reunions when people go to the UK, let's say, or they go and they go and have coffee and they meet up with people or they even go on holidays together now, like certain friendships. Um, is it Ryan and, uh, oh, I should, Ryan and he was your, Trevor, um, you know, best buds from this year. And, and to see that I'm connected with them online, but they're friends. I believe they'll be friends for life. Like, you know, cause I just think that they had such an incredible experience together. Um, Gary, uh, jackets. I met him in 2016 as a newbie coming in and he took me under his wing and, um, you know, I've been friends with him now. We've both done it four times. So we both might come back and do it a fifth, uh, this in 2024. And he's somebody that, you know, I would never, ever have met him outside of Grand to Grand. And so, yeah, I just think it's the character and the people that you meet. It's the depth in a short time that you get to really see who people are. Yeah, definitely. So thinking about like these communities and groups of people that we meet, and then also like you were saying, like having moved recently or fairly recently and not having a lot of training partners, how did you, how did you train for Grand to Grand? I know that's it's been a little bit different since you've moved across the country, essentially. But like, how how did you train for such a long event, like never having done something this long before? The smartest thing I did was hire a coach the very first time because I really was way outside my comfort zone. Like I really had no idea. Um, and so I gained a lot of understanding um, and my personality is, is when I make a commitment to something, I'm going to follow it pretty, pretty consistently. So I think that in 2016, having that really benefited me and sort of built um, a really good foundation. So years later, I can be, even though I was training myself, moving here, especially um, going from almost sea level to in the mountains. And I was part of a team this year, so I knew we weren't going to be doing a lot of running. So it was going to be a, um, a fast uh, hike is probably primarily what it was going to be. So I took advantage of that. I 
put myself out of my comfort zone and I um, joined a local hiking group and I, uh, um, you know, somebody posted one day they were going for a hike and I, you know, I'm not a, um, uh, I'm a bit of an introvert and I'm not a, uh, a big social person. So it was outside of my comfort zone to show up by myself with people I didn't know, but I can't go to the mountains by myself for safety reasons and just wildlife and all of that. So um, I joined a little group and then we went hiking every weekend and they became, uh, I'm friends with them all now. And I hope, uh, I hope I can convince some of them to do grand to grand, but uh, yeah, no. So I did that. I mean, I'm not, um, they're not runners, they're hikers, uh, but it was training this year was, um, getting in the mountains, getting the hiking and wearing a pack and, you know, getting everything sort of, it had been four years. The last time I did it was 2019. So, um, I was four years older, uh, had struggled through a couple of things, uh, injuries, and, uh, I wasn't sure what to expect going back and then being part of a team. I'm telling you, man, like a team. That's a different ball game. Um, that is a whole nother level of a challenge as far as, like I think I said at the beginning, but looking after yourself, but then also managing the emotions and the, the, the paces and the, all the difference that a team brings when you have to stick together. Um, so yeah, I think that that was the big thing was just getting out. And I think, um, consistency is key. Double long runs for me, always important getting out back to back runs. Um, and then when you get closer to it, I often did triple back to back. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just to kind of get used to being on tired legs and getting up and doing it again and again, you know, um, that was primarily the consistency back to back runs, getting out and hiking a lot this year. Well, that definitely leads right into my next and last question was what tips do you have for people looking to, to sign up for grand to grand? And I guess there's a lot of ways you could take that one, but definitely one that I would say is the specificity there that you mentioned, but then. I guess on top of that. Um, yeah, no, I think one of the ways that I personally, if I'm excited and terrified at the same time, usually it's a good indicator that I should probably do it because it means I'm challenging myself because I'm out of my comfort zone. I don't have the answer. Like you said, there's no guarantee outcome, but I'm excited enough that I want to challenge myself and I want to, um, you know, to do something that is hard and, and I'm not sure about. So I think for somebody else, like tips would be, um, and again, there's so many po people that spoke on the podcast that offered so many valuable tips, but I think training with your gear is incredibly important. I did my fourth time this year and I changed my backpack out very close to the um, race, which benefited me and it was the right choice but I think you even said um not not knowing at the system of where everything is can hinder you in the moment so I think when you and so I struggled a little bit with oh where did I put that where did I put that because I was using a fairly new pack don't recommend that start you know getting your pack getting your um if you're going to use poles you want to start practicing with poles because it's a completely different experience um where you're going to keep your water where you're going to keep your electrolytes where you're going to keep like you want to be able to have everything run so smoothly that you don't have to think about it you're just doing it so what is your what is your plan for hydration and for fueling during the race and um recovery after and you know what does all that look like and so you know given that it's nine months away, 10 months away, I guess. Um, 
there's so much time, but now is the time to gather information and to listen to the podcasts and to read different blogs that people have that have already done it and um, gather your equipment. And it's also train with it. So get it a lot like uh, early enough that you can get out there so that it feels second nature. Um, I remember the very first year I trained very early with my pack weighted. It felt like um, I wasn't even wearing a pack by the time I got to Grand and Grand because it was just part of me, right? It just, it was just there. So. Yeah. I think to kind of reiterate what you're saying, just to back up what you said, like, I think it was Sarah Lavender Smith who we had on the podcast last week or the week prior to that. Might have she been two weeks ago. Well. Yeah. And then a couple other people, I think Jeff mentioned that and a few other people that like train with that pack specifically. And if not that specific one, like at least have two. Because that yeah. way, like you can, one, you don't wear out your pack right before the race. You can kind of work them both in and kind of just know exactly where, like you were saying, where things are. And you're able yeah. to, to pack appropriately versus being blindsided during the race and frustrated and. And just yeah. potentially just getting stressed out about like, oh, I can't find this drink mix or I can't find my headlamp. Like, imagine trying to dig through your pack in the, <laughs> when it's getting dark and you can't find your headlamp. Like, yeah, that'd be incredibly frustrating, which is just going to kind of kind of snowball effect down the road and then maybe like have more issues that way. So exactly. that's a very, yeah. very good advice and tips from you there. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I think on top of that, too, like like you were saying earlier with Ray, um, you hired Ray as a coach. Um, initially and that's a really good way to just like figure out some training because like him specifically he's done a lot of very hard long things so he knows how to one how to do it himself but then also how to teach people how to do it so it really fast tracks it helps you avoid a lot of the misery oh for <laughs> because sure because if you, if you are just out there kind of winging it it can be really difficult and hard especially if you're new to running or fast packing or stage racing so having somebody to kind of like walk you through some things can really avoid a lot of like a lot of issues, but also even avoid injuries, which I think starting healthy is probably the biggest thing you can do for a grand to grand. Oh, for sure. You, you, hopefully you're not signing up already injured, but, or getting there already <laughs> injured. But no, I do think that um, whether you're hiring somebody or whether you're connecting with people and, and talking about even the grand to grand group, you know, every year you get very similar questions, but I think each one is so important to answer, or even I think there are hashtags probably that you could search inside the group for questions and get different people's perspective. Um, but I think there needs to be, uh, there's a value from other people that have been there and done it, but it's individual still. So just because somebody recommends something, you still have to try it for yourself and see if it's going to work for you. And, and somebody, yes, Ray's extremely knowledgeable, so he, he can he he would see things or, you know, give advice on something because it comes second nature to him. But um, each person is different. I'm somebody that if I, if I did a lot of speed work, I, I tended to have a little minor injuries creep up where somebody else, like, but I was, he, the way he explained it was I was, it's almost like I was built for that double long run because I just, my body responded really well to that. So finding out who you are and how, how you can benefit from the best training, you're going to, I wouldn't know that unless I asked somebody or hired somebody. So um, depending on where you're at, I was a brand new newbie. You know, now I have the experience behind me. I, even though it's still no guarantee, I feel more confident in my ability. Um, I won't quit. Like I won't quit. So someone's going to have to take me off the course or, um, you know, <laughs> and I hope that never happens. But I do feel uh, confident in the mental strength. And I think that, you know, um, as we spoke earlier about why should some people do this? I think, you know, resiliency 
um, depending on what where you've come from in life and, and what your experiences are. I think when you do hard things and you succeed in life or in training and running or whatever, it just, it gives you the evidence that you need that you can do it. You can get through something and it, it'll, it'll translate like into your running and life. It'll give you the confidence that you need to just don't quit. Yeah, that's perfect, Leanne. Um, so I think we'll wrap up on that because that was just a perfect ending and I'm, I can't even add any words to that. That was perfect. Mm, thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Excited. Well, thank you for uh, asking me. Yeah, thanks for coming on and taking the time and I hope we see you back for uh, number five. <laughs>